Hello all, I hope you are doing well. I am back with another episode of the podcast. Today my topic is going to be on identity and how how you identify with yourself can be a real determining factor in the actions that you take on a day-to-day basis and therefore your kind of overall outcomes from your goals. So that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. It is the end of November, it is suddenly really really cold but I'm not mad about it because it's starting to feel a bit more festive which is nice. Um, Yeah I'm trying to think what's happened this week that's interesting. Oh I put on my story the other the other day that I I really feel like I've had this conversation or I've heard people around me talking about it a lot recently and it's basically kind of it's essentially fad diet things and it's three women on three separate occasions I've heard talking to people about I I'm I am cutting out sugar for a month or I haven't had any refined sugar or sugar for um, however many weeks. Or another one of um, my clients actually said to me that one of the reasons she gets anxious around using tracking is because she sees the amount of sugar content kind of going above um, the limit, I suppose, that my fitness pal automatically sets for you which if you are someone who looks at that on my fitness pal just don't bother because if you're eating like fruit and obviously some vegetables as well they all contain sugar and there's no one no one ever said stop eating fruit although well that's a lie people do tell you to stop eating fruit aren't they but they are I'm not gonna say twats but I've said twats now so that's what we're gonna go with But yeah, so obviously I say nothing in these situations because no one's asked for my advice and they are free to do their own thing. But a couple of people were DMing me after this story and we kind of talked about it a little bit. And um, yeah, about how, I don't know, I was saying I feel like I've heard more of it recently and I don't know if that's just because I'm closed off to those kind of areas you know I've very much got a really good echo chamber on Instagram which is probably not that much of a great thing that I follow very similar accounts to what my beliefs are and I kind of assume that's how it is everywhere but alas it's not um and yeah and I don't know I think it's also maybe slightly like a post-lockdown thing as well in that people have maybe been a bit more exposed to these kind of people who are holding the torch for these kind of movements, whether that's no carb, no sugar, all these kind of things. People have had more time to think about health or people are focusing on dieting and weight loss after lockdown or in the lead up to Christmas and all those kind of things. I'm just, I'm just aware of it. And I still just find it really sad to be honest. Because, like I mentioned last time, there was a whole thing, like, people are even cutting out fruit, which is just crazy, isn't it? Especially at this time of year when we've all got colds, we need as many vitamins as we can, you know, it's cold, it's dark, and just cutting out all kinds of fruit is just absolutely daft. 
But the sugar thing as well, because realistically, and this relates a little bit into what I'm going to go into today, if you are someone who's told yourself, who's set a target, or you've told yourself I'm someone who doesn't eat refined sugars or don't eat sugar, I guarantee you around Christmas, whether you, I don't know, like sweet things or not, you're going to have something that has some kind of sugar in it whether that's mince pies, whether that's mulled wine, whether that's, yeah, drinks, chocolates, desserts, you're ultimately gonna have something that contains sugar in it and it's for the right reasons, right? We're socializing, we're celebrating with family, it's such a lovely time of year and we really enjoy ourselves and we get to relax. But if you are, you have told yourself that this is a bad thing and it's something I need to cut out, you're gonna inevitably feel a sense of guilt, a sense of failure, probably maybe get a little bit stressed and anxious when you eventually do eat those kinds of foods. So I'm not saying, I mean, I, I have sugar every day, I'm not cutting it out. And like I've said before, I was someone who used to believe before I educated myself that sugar was the devil and it was ruining our everyone's health and that's the reason we're all, <laughs> every, every, the population is genuinely getting more overweight, it's all because of sugar. And that was just nonsense and I obviously understand that now. Realistically, if you had a fat loss target, could you benefit from reducing the amount of refined sugars in your diet? Yeah, probably, because you could just use up more whole foods in your kind of calorie count and you're gonna feel a bit more satiated, therefore I need to snack less. But in terms of cutting it out altogether, ultimately we know that doesn't work. That over restriction, over going one way will tend to result in complete overkill in the other direction. But anyway, let's move on to this week's topic, which is all about our, how we identify ourselves to ourselves. So what do you identify as? As this can genuinely make or break your goal. For example, I identify myself with my business and my role as a coach and a personal trainer, which in turn means I'm someone who I train five times a week, kind of regardless. I make sure I eat protein. I make sure I eat fruit and veg because I have an identity in the fitness sphere as a healthy individual. I identify as a role model to my clients. And because I have that identity, the kind of like training five days a week just comes naturally to me. Like that is just what I do because I believe that is who I am. I've just adopted this identity and it's just the person I've become. Which also does have its fallbacks in that, for example, if there's a time when I am ill or, you know, for some reason I can't exercise or I'm literally just away on holiday, I need to really reason with myself and talk to myself that I'm not some sort of like fraud or that I'm not failing 
in that sense. Because I've decided that I am this person and this is what I do. And I hold myself, I don't even know if it's to that standard, but that's just, that's just who I am. So when that's not happening, I can instantly feel negative self-talk coming in. And that's human. And I'm in a I'm much better equipped to deal with that nowadays. And I do deal with it. And it's cool. And on the other hand, as well, I also find it, like, challenging because I'm not, like, a super lean, super shredded individual. And, you know, I have these beliefs or wrongly or rightly that in fact it's not it's not a belief it's just a misconception that you know you've got to for people to actually respect you or people to want to work with you in the fitness industry you've got to be like you've got to have a six pack you've got to be absolutely shredded and in like shape 100% of the time so as much as I identify with someone who is in like the fitness sphere and I have this kind of misconception or what's the word I'm looking for or actually even a prejudice really that that's how it is in the fitness industry in order to be successful literally patriarchy 101 diet culture 101 thin equals success and I truly truly do not believe that and I've had many a debate with people <laughs> about that in the fitness industry but it's a belief that I've just had, it's just been drilled into me through diet culture and I, I struggle to let it go. So anyway, less about me. That's what I mean in terms of this identity. It's a positive role in that it means that I look after my health. It means that I regularly train and it's not something that I really think about. I just do it. I'm a PT. I work in the fitness sphere. Of course, I train frequently and I eat a balanced diet. But that has its downsides in that sometimes maybe I feel like a fraud and I get imposter syndrome because I'm not super lean and I have to challenge all these prejudices I have and all these diet culture norms that are in me, which is, on the other hand, again, a positive thing because it makes you be aware of these things. Anyway, so when you are going into a fitness journey, and this is one that I've kind of touched on before, and I get a lot with people in consultations and if people are doing a check-in, if clients are doing a check-in and they can't think of a reason or they probably do have a reason but for example say they were meant to do three workouts and they only did one in that week. I hear this word thrown around so often but it's like oh I'm just I'm just really lazy like I wanted to go but I was just I was just too lazy. Or I didn't do my steps that day because I was being lazy. And I know on the surface you read that lazy as in like, oh, it was an action that they had that day. It was a state that they were on that day. But there's such a line between you identifying as having a lazy day, which we all have, and actually being someone who is lazy. Because if you enter a fitness journey with that belief about yourself, you're already on the back foot because would someone who is quote unquote lazy go to the gym three days a week? Would they get in 10,000 steps a day? Would they cook their meals from scratch? 
on the surface. No, I guess a lazy person wouldn't do those things. So if that's what you believe you are, why would you do any of those things? And are you gonna be successful if that's truly what you believe? Do you identify as, and this sounds really harsh, but a failure in work, relationships, health and fitness in the past? Like, it doesn't matter what sphere of life it's in. If that's something that you carry on your shoulders, that you genuinely believe that's what you are, then I'm sorry, but the chances of you succeeding in the next venture is gonna be slim because you're gonna be lacking in self-confidence, you're gonna be lacking in self-worth. And on the same lines, do you identify as someone who can't lose weight? So you've tried so many things before and none of them have ever worked. And this is something that I see or have seen before with clients in that they kind of anticipate the failure before it's even happened. And this can also come from other kind of blockages as well, which I'll talk about as well, but kind of relating to imposter syndrome and things like that. If you have never successfully lost weight and maybe this time round it is actually happening, maybe you're gonna stop yourself before you see that from happening or maybe you're scared to actually achieve that thing because of something else you identify as. So be very aware of what you identify as yourself from within. So things like, do I feel like a failure? Do I feel like I'm a, a lazy person? Am I someone who isn't capable of weight loss? I'm someone who's weak so I can't strength train or not worthy of being in a gym. I know these all sound really brutal, but maybe it'll trigger something. Be careful also with how you identify yourself socially and with those around you. So how do you think people perceive you? For example, are you like the friend who's always up for a party or the friend who's always getting drunk at the weekend? Or are you the friend in the friend group who is in a larger body? And these might be identities that when you hear someone say that out loud, you're like, that's, that is me, but that's not the person that I want to be, which is fine, but dig deeper in that. So really, if you are that friend who always gets drunk, like what are you getting out of that? Is it, it might be coming from an insecurity in terms of you feel like that's what you need to be to be likable. Or for example, if you're the friend that is in a larger body, like what have you told yourself that you are gonna do once you lost weight? Like, have you always told yourself as when I, when I lose body fat, I'm gonna like go on holiday and wear a bikini with my friends. But if you're not confident at the moment, that's still gonna seem scary. And even though you think that sounds like pure bliss, at the moment, that is terrifying. And you don't identify as someone who does that. And it's gonna be very hard to get to that point. I don't want, like if that's your identity, and you are making life choices in line with what your identity is. So for example, the friend who's always getting drunk and always partying on the weekend. Sticking to a fitness goal is gonna be pretty tough 
because if that's how you identify every action you make in a day-to-day, maybe not in a day-to-day, I'm not saying you're getting drunk every day, but it's gonna align with that person that you feel you are or you want others to perceive you as. And obviously I'm not here saying I want you to change who you are as a person, that's not what I mean at all. But in order to be successful, you need to stop identifying yourself with the traits holding you back. And I think so often in the not, we put on this front. And I have another client who, obviously I'm not gonna name her, but she had a very open and honest conversation with me in which she said, you know, I know in myself I put on a front because I know how I want people to perceive me. So I know that I'm not truly being seen as well. And this can be something that can hold us back greatly too because we're not being truly true to ourselves. And without getting (laughs) very deep into it, really who we are on the surface or who people believe we are isn't who we are. If you strip it down to the soul, what is left? So, in order to stop identifying with those traits that are holding you back, you need to ask yourself, what are you letting go of? So for example, let's look at it in terms of if you feel like you are someone who is a failure. If you were letting go of that identity, what other things are you letting go of? In a way, you're gonna kind of be letting go of a safety blanket. Because fear is the number one killer of action, really, isn't it? And if you're someone who genuinely thinks you're a failure, I guarantee that stops you from really pushing yourself and shooting for things because you're scared of that failure again. And it's something so different, isn't it? It's like in terms of, (laughs) like when you look at like male and female entrepreneurs, if like a female entrepreneur started a business and it, you know, it was a flop and they lost money and people quit, you just, you can see the headlines and can't you? And that like, oh, you know, business failed, absolute flop, all this. When it's like, a man, a male entrepreneur, like he will use that as like some kind of badge of honor and then be like, on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing, because that's just that, right, I'm getting off track again. Why do I always get into some crazy patriarchal stuff? Anyway, so <laughs> letting go of that identity that you, you don't succeed is scary because it kind of opens you up to more failure in that you're gonna fully embrace challenging yourself. And realistically, you're probably gonna fail a couple more times, but the point is, you've got a hell of a lot better chance of succeeding. Then ask yourself, what are you gaining by letting go of this identity? What are you gaining rather than what are you losing? And in that situation, you're gaining all this opportunity, you're gaining this kind of freedom and these potentials to actually succeed. 
So instead of going to someone as I identify as a failure, switch it to I'm a person who's tried things in the past that haven't worked for me, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to fail every time. And oh my God, how exciting is that? Then it's kind of a case of, well, I need to keep going until I find that point where I succeed rather than I'm not going to bother trying because I'm a failure. So what's the point? In another sense, for example, what if this this friend who's always getting drunk at the weekends, what are they letting go of if they let go of that identity? Well, they let go of maybe they feel that there's that social acceptance that they are a person who's fun and is invited out a lot from their friends. They're someone who people like to be around, like to have fun with. And those all sound like really positive things that they're letting go of. But what are they gaining in that? Well, realistically, if those friends only want you there because they think it's a good time when you're drunk, are they real friends? No. So the chances are you're probably going to gain some more meaningful connections. You're probably going to (laughs) gain a lot more energy on a Sunday morning. In terms of your health, you're going to gain. So you need to go through this with yourself and understand the things that you are scared of losing, why you're holding that identity. Because there's no point in you holding it unless there's something, like you're holding it for a reason. And it's because you're scared of letting go of something and the change that that may have on your life. And once you've kind of got all those scary things out of you and really dug deep and think, oh God, right, that's why I've been making these decisions because I'm genuinely fearful of this change in my life. And, you know, if I lose X, then how will I, how, how will my life be different? But then you need to ask yourself that question of what are you gaining? And I can guarantee you nine times out of 10, that will far outweigh whatever it is you are letting go of. Another example, one of my clients in her check-in this week was talking about um, like sweet foods and she was anxious to up her protein intake because it meant compensating on how much sweets she could have. And you could go as far as say she is identifying as someone who enjoys sweet foods, but that's a bit vague. She maybe just likes sweet foods, basically. So in the same situation, like what are you letting go of? Well, you're letting go of the potential of having larger amounts of like chocolate, cookies, donuts, things like that in order to stay in accordance with your fat loss goals, that is. She can obviously have as many as she wants, but that wouldn't be in line with her goals. And ask yourself what she's gaining by upping that protein amount. Well, she's gaining more, she'll be gaining more muscle mass. She'll be gaining more satiety from her meals. She'll be gaining in terms of her progress with her fat loss. And... 
all those gains and she's not stopping eating sweet things. It might just be the quantities have to change some days of the week. So that last one was kind of not relevant, but I'm sure a lot of you have felt that way. So hopefully it was useful. So ultimately, what do you identify as? And how can you adopt an identity that doesn't feel false, is based on evidence that can help propel you forward? And in order to use that in a positive way, let me give another example of like vegans. Vegans are, veganism is, well, it's not a diet, plant-based is a diet, but vegans would be more a set of morals that you live by and a set of standards that you live by. But like people don't just say, oh yeah, I, well people do say I eat a plant-based diet, but it's more likely people are like, no, I am vegan. Like, I am vegan. I would say I am vegetarian. And that's not just because I don't eat meat. It's because I am fully behind the ethical reasonings behind it as well. And the same as vegans. Like, they're doing it for animal rights. They're doing it for environmental reasons. And that is an identity. And when you have an identity as strong as that and aligned with what your values are as that, like, do you think they're gonna, quote unquote, cheat on a vegan diet? I mean, I don't know, some people might, but I know I certainly wouldn't. And then it's a case of it's not like an option for me not to eat a vegetarian diet because I so strongly identify as that. Just like it's not an option for me not to train when I'm obviously fit and healthy because that is so much my identity. And this is kind of comes back to when you have a goal and when you are setting that goal. And this is something my coach says to me all the time, my business coach, and and that the purpose of a goal isn't to hit the goal, it's to become the person capable of hitting that goal. So what person can you become in your health and fitness journey So that one day, it might not be in a month's time like you thought, or three months time, or a year's time, but you are becoming that person, or you have become that person who is capable of achieving whatever that goal is. And in order to do that, you need to start believing in yourself and start identifying as I am someone who is holding myself accountable to my goal. I am someone who has enough self-respect that when I set a goal, I am going to pursue it to the best of my abilities. And I'm talking, identifying just as like, I identify as someone who goes to the gym three times a week. That's not enough. You need to actually, and again, this goes back to value. Like, how are you linking to it? How that's important for you? And what evidence do you have to back up that this genuinely is your identity? (laughs) Because obviously for me, I can say, well, my evidence that I'm a PT is I run a coaching business. But for example, if someone who said, someone who identified as lazy felt a bit strange saying, I'm someone who identifies as, I don't know, someone who gets shit done. Is that the opposite of lazy? I don't know. There will be evidence in your life where you have adopted that before. Whether it's when I was at uni and I was like really on it with my coursework, I got it done. Like I completed my degree. 
I am capable of doing that. I have evidence to back up that I am someone who can be productive. I am someone who can stick to goals and focus on that rather than last week I only got to the gym once. Because trust, that's going to be a spiral. So even if it takes writing it out, whatever identity you want to be or you strive to be, what evidence do you have to back up that you are already that person in some shape or form? And that's how you're going to get onto the pro- onto the tracks of replacing those negative identities and negative beliefs you hold around yourself towards something that's actually going to serve you with your health and fitness journey and ultimately to become that person who's capable of achieving the goal. I hope that was useful. I feel like that was one of the ones where I didn't really have many notes and I just kind of word vomit a little bit. So I hope it made sense. (laughs) But um, if that kind of resonated with anyone, let me know. It does take a lot of self-reflection and it's maybe worth having a conversation with someone about as well. Especially when I was talking about the ones about how you are viewed socially or how you feel that you're viewed socially with those around you. I'm sure if you asked those people what kind of person they thought you were, what kind of, you know, how they saw your identity, it would probably be quite different to how you think that they perceive you, which can be a bit eye-opening in itself. So if you do anything, take a moment to listen to the little voices in your head that tell you what you identify as. And if there's anything there that's not serving you with your purpose towards your goal, call them out and think of ways that you can build evidence to tell them, those little voices, that that's not the case. And you're going to progress freely and successfully onwards towards your goal. As usual, my DMs on Instagram are always open. It's Josephine Christie underscore. Um, or shoot me an email if you want to work with me or know, want to know more about coaching. I am more than happy to help. Or if you just want a little bit of advice. I will catch you in the next one, guys.